Hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing conscious leaders who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your ability to lead and manifest your dreams in this reality. Within my life, I have always found myself coloring outside of the lines, and resonating with others that do the same, whether it be with regards to food, exercise, schooling, or especially healthcare. I have found myself gravitating towards those who look at the root cause of issues and those who I feel have their values prioritized towards truly helping those they work with and serve with the most empowering information available. The area I see this challenge more than any other is within the medical industry in our present day reality. It's no secret that the medical industry these days leaves much to be desired. Western medicine has been an incredible leap in technology and medicine development. However, it is oftentimes overprescribed and leaves doctors very little wiggle worm to try alternative methods. For this reason, among others, doctors who truly do have their patients' best interest at heart are, in many cases, stepping away from corporate healthcare in pursuit of entrepreneurial ventures in which they can make a lasting difference not only in their treatment options, but in their abilities to empower their patients with the information necessary to take back the reins on their health and live the version of their lives that is the most colorful, vibrant, and holistically healthy. Today's guest on the show is an absolutely beautiful soul I met through the Czech Circle, who knows firsthand the challenges spoken about above. He is an OBGYN and a Czech trained professional who was let go in a beautiful turn of events from his ex-employer after a disagreement in how to most effectively provide long-lasting care that would ultimately lead to curing his patients' health challenges rather than simply treating them. He is now running his own practice that is supercharging the women he works with in taking back their power regarding their personal health and wellness, and he is also the host of the Holistic OBGYN podcast where he showcases those who are speaking out about alternative treatment options, what the listeners can do to begin taking back their health from home, and how to gain inspiration from our health challenges, begin believing in our abilities as individual healers, and ultimately create the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health unity we all deserve by birthright. So without further ado, please help me in welcoming my man, Dr. Nathan Riley to the show. Nathan, pleasure (laughs) to have you here, man. Thank you, brother. Man, your intros do not disappoint. I am uh, so blessed to be here. Thank you so much. And by the way, a lot of your recent Instagram posts were, you know, you're not wearing a shirt. I guess this is a shirt optional interview. Is that right? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, man. I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, I mean, you know, I live in Boston, right? But I'm, I'm, I'm very aware that I'm going to end up somewhere more tropical or more warm in nature. And I think you're in California, right? Are you in California? I used to be. We moved to Kentucky, so we're actually on on your same time zone. Um, nice in the pseudo Midwest, sort of west of the Appalachians, but not quite south. Although people in Kentucky would probably say we're southern, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we're not. In, we're not in Alabama. You know, we are in Kentucky. So uh, I live in Louisville, Kentucky. It's definitely a blue dot in a red state, but those lines are becoming blurred now with all the COVID stuff. And I, I'm just trying to live my best life and and connect with good people. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd say you're doing better than trying to. You are, man. You know, meeting you in person. Thanks, brother. Yeah. It was immediately apparent, you know, how vibrant you are as a soul and how excited you are to be doing the work you're doing. And I'm so excited to dive into all of this because, you know, I've had my own challenges in the medical industry and, you yeah. know, what a great gift, right? You know, I look at everything as happening for me and I know you, you know, view life in the same way and, you know, having people People like check in our circles, who's just such an amazing, amazing mm. unit of a human when it comes to exactly what we're going to be discussing today. Totally. It's just so powerful, right? And 
You know, again, we were talking before we hit record about quantitative versus qualitative science, right? And I feel as though the challenges that the world is presented with right now with the pandemic and all this stuff has, you know, forced in a lot of ways, uh, many people to start tuning back into how they feel about things, right? Mm. So with things that are happening, people might not have the quantitative data right? Which again, science is bought and paid for these days. So it's a really slippery slope. They might not have the quantitative data to tell them this, you know, treatment option is wrong, or this isn't right for me in my own personal journey, but they feel it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, it has really forced us to reconcile with what we're being told is the best way to keep ourselves healthy um, versus how we feel like on a day-to-day basis. I mean, we're really finally, people are really the one one maybe silver lining of the pandemic is and this is not talked enough of you know talked about enough i think it's mm. if anything it has revealed just how uh, i don't know degraded the soil is right of the human experience so you know you go to your doctor and the doctor has pressures from the culture of their their practice right they've got other doctors that expect them to do certain things not to mention that you know there's ceos running hospitals now so you have contracted as a doctor with a an insurance company you're working for an insurance company and the details have been worked out by people that are way above your pay grade and they're business people and the the way that it works when you go to see a doctor is that the doctor has specific things that they're allowed to provide and say based on a fee schedule that you've contracted through the insurance company. So, you know, so Ryan Sprague comes into my clinic and I want to spend an hour talking about how you care for yourself. Well, I Mm. can't bill for that in the same way that I can, Hey, take this pill or do this surgery. So the insurance company might give me like 20 bucks to do that, but that's an hour of my time. And we didn't even get into all of the big money-making things like pharmaceuticals or surgery or whatever else. So when I stepped out of the conventional model, it was, I was, the universe kind of had to shove me out. And what's something you didn't mention in the intro is I'm also fellowship trained in hospice and palliative medicine. So mm, imagine you're at, the, you're at the end of your life, right? And all you need, all of that you're desiring is human connection. But nowadays with the pandemic, people are trapped in their nursing facilities. They don't get any human touch or human contact. They don't even get to see people's faces. And so I did that and I got reprimanded and fired for that. So the universe kind of shoved me out. I took my mask down. That's basically what it was. I mean, it's just totally silly, but they probably needed a good reason to fire me. And I didn't fit in anyways. Like I've been insubordinate my whole life. So, you know, if I, if you really, really want to be cared for, you have like the medical system's not going to keep you healthy. The medical system's there to jump in when you have a raging blood infection, you've been in a massive car accident, your heart suddenly stopped and we're trying to bring you back to life. I mean, like there's good reasons to be in the hospital, but for what you and I hold near and dear, the only way is for us to actually start creating a life raft for for people that really, really, really care about their health and really want to live a long, healthy life, not just prolonged death, you know, or, or delay death. Absolutely. You know, what we're talking about is preventative care, right? An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? And this is just my philosophy, right? And who am I, right? To to think this, but at the same time, it's like, well, wouldn't we want to keep people healthy before they have to come to the hospital, right? Wouldn't we want to empower them with the information that allows them to take charge of their health and make daily decisions that allow them to thrive, not just simply survive in regards to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, right? And, you know, like I tell everyone, like if you get in a car accident, please don't try to meditate your way out of it, right? Western <laughs> medicine has a very, very good purpose, but it's it's like as if we're supposed to use a screwdriver and we've been using a hammer this entire yeah. time, right? And that's right. and that's what I tell people. It's not that it's a bad tool, it's just an overprescribed tool that's being used in a challenging way to help people quote unquote prevent things, which it, it doesn't do, right? And mm. 
you know, then we look at, you know, the food pyramid, which, you know, for an example, still includes white flour and white bread, right? And dairy <laughs> milk and it's pasteurized. And it's just, it doesn't take uh, a genius to see that there's some challenges within our healthcare. And, yeah. you know, what I love about your approach and every one of the check circles and the approach I take with my clients is that we're really looking to ask them like, hey, what do you feel would supercharge your health? What do you like, right? Not here's a predetermined plan for you, right? That may or may not fit, even if it is preventative care, right? If we're like, get up at, you know, 7am and do yoga and all this stuff, maybe people don't want to do that, right? Maybe they want to go take a walk in nature and that's their form right. of exercise. Maybe they don't want right. to go deadlift. Maybe they don't want to do these things, right? So it's about being able to be an artist, right? And allow that person to take back their paintbrush and paint on their canvas with whatever they want, whatever beautiful picture comes through to them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I could give like a, you know, I use art therapy a lot and it's something I did learn from Paul. Paul Check is uh, who you've been referring to. Hmm. You know, that family, by the way, I got involved with the Czech Institute because I happened to be, when I was still in the hospital, I happened to be on call when Angie, one of Paul's wives, needed an OBGYN at the last minute. She was going to have a home birth and I'm not sharing private information. She and I have gone through this on Paul's podcast and whatnot. We, we told her whole birth story, but, or she told her whole birth story in part one of our interview. And I found that like, whoa, these this couple is actually open to hearing about diet and movement and and hydration and breathing and mindset like this is what they do and then i and then i discovered oh there's a whole world of people out there that are actually trying to do this from a coaching and a patient standpoint so so one one you know i, I use a lot of art therapy in my my work because i'm finding that with the chakra system for example is something that you know this is like a 16000 year old system ayurvedic medicine and in the, in the like on our conventional medical model, it's like 600 years old at most, you know, and especially a lot of the pharmaceuticals or the vaccines or whatever, like we're, we're talking about a seven month lifespan for some of these things that we're putting yes. into our bodies. Well, well, what about all the stuff that's locked up in your pelvis, you know, and this particularly, especially pertains to women because women have this fifth vital sign, this monthly cyclical bleeding. If that's off, then there's something going on upstream for men, for me and you, we don't get that the benefit of having a monthly bleed where if mm. it's regular and predictable, Hey, your endocrine system's working well for me and you, it might be out of whack, but for us, it boils over as, as a anger, resentment, um, fear, frustration, whatever else. And it boils over. It affects our, our relationships, especially if you're, you know, in a partnership, like it just rolls over onto your partner and you don't know what's missing. It's not, it's not like you're, you're deficient in pharmaceuticals or deficient in surgery. <laughs> so you go to the doctor and the doctor's like, I guess take an antidepressant. I don't know. And it just numbs the good and the bad, right? Or you end up going to bars every night and getting plastered because you don't really want to, you can't, you don't have the tools to work through that. So may I give an example of how Please. I, uh, how I seen this? So the second chakra corresponds with reproductive health. And so for women, I immediately try to get their story and try to understand where were you when you were feeling your absolute best and, and naturally or, or invariably what happens is they talk about some horrible traumatic things and you should never compare traumas, but you know, you might, you might end up in like a really bad divorce and that is the, a, a significant trauma. And without working through that trauma, everything gets locked up. It manifests in the second chakra, reproductive health goes out of whack. The upstream stuff goes out of whack. And one thing easily we can do to unlock some of that is to, is to remember that the second chakra also corresponds with emotional and creative expression. Mm. So you get a person painting, you get them dancing, you get them moving a little bit, you know, they're out in, the, in nature and just feeling the ecstasy of leaning against a large redwood, you know, if you're on the West coast or you're at the beach and your, your feet are just in the water, you're, you're covered in sand, like you're, you're back. Right. And, 
um, one example of how, of how this manifests doesn't require any medical training at all. But I had a friend who, whose mom came over just to say hi. And I gave her a spray of this mitozen spray that I told you about before we started mm-hmm. recording it. It has some hape and some, which they called sacred Amazonian blend, but it's mm. definitely, you take a snuff <laughs> bit and it's definitely yeah, hape. Those who know, know. <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> um, so she took, and also, uh, this spray also has oxytocin in it. So this is a person who had gone through multiple traumas, had lost her husband years ago their house burned down not too long ago. And like just a lot of stuff that she never had a way of, of getting that out. And so I gave her a spray of, you know, in each nostril of this stuff, which is uh, really potent. And in about five minutes, she was like, well, I'm feeling weird. She like tried to get up and she was unstable. So I encouraged her to lay down. I gave her a little head massage. Her daughter was there and put her hands on her, like right below her navel over a top of a, of a piece of tourmaline, black tourmaline that that this woman just happened to be carrying with her and put on some like, you know, um, like a Spotify soundtrack of, of like a 532 to 528 mm. frequencies, uh, healing sound bowl soundtrack. And this woman had a full blown psychedelic experience for an hour. She had angels coming over her. She started seeing hearts everywhere. Her, she has these emblems that come to her in dreams and she's very sensitive to energies. So she was seeing it in the concrete and in the sky and in the clouds. And it was like, whoa. And then she sat up eventually and looked me in the eyes and we just started sobbing together. Wow. And then we started laughing hysterically together. And then she, <laughs> me, you know, this woman and her daughter all started like howling to the sky. This is like 1 PM in the afternoon in Kentucky. <laughs> and we're sitting in the sun and the hawks are flying over and dragonflies are flying over. And she was like, I have never felt this good in my life. And I don't think it was just the, this, the spray. I think the spray kind of opened her up to it. But just through that, that act of expressing herself, all of that stuff seemed to start a, sort of start to dissolve. And I did a little bit of IMT on her knees. I think she had like maybe a history of Lyme and her knees were feeling better. And, and so like this is when we talk about alternative therapies. I think what people think is you, you move to the top of a mountain and you, you know, you pay Deepak Chopra $5,000 an hour to work with you or something. And you, and you somehow become enlightened and you float up to the sky. Well, like these technologies are not, this is not rocket science. We don't need seven years of FDA approval for you to actually start expressing yourself. Mm. But gosh, considering the second chakra is, is rooted down there. I mean, it's the, it's the, the pelvic chakra. Yeah. The Hara chakra. Yeah, right. Exactly. Mm. You know, c- considering how intimately connected a a a functioning, well functioning second chakra is with your reproductive health, but also with your the tendency of for us to just lock all of our emotions inside. Like, let's just paint. Like, we don't need a doctor to do that. But I do take my clients through that, and then they're like, "Whoa, that was magic!" And I'm like, "Maybe I should. Maybe we can pull some of the allopathic stuff in. Maybe we don't even need to do that. Maybe we just do a little bit more of this, and then." we start fine tuning, you know, with lab work and imaging and all that other stuff. So just wanted to illustrate, like, this is some powerful stuff that you and I are talking about. And it doesn't require, you know, your, your $1,500 a month premium for the insurance companies, which is why like now I don't even work with insurance companies because they're not going to pay me to do that work. They're, they're going to be like, you did what? You gave, <laughs> her a, you gave her a spray or what? Like, and then you, you know, and oh, and one other thing that really was really cool is that her lower extremities started shaking, you know, like that trauma release pattern. Yeah, TRE. And TRE, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So she actually started shaking it out. And I was like, this is fucking wild. Can I say fuck? Sorry. Yeah. Oh, dude, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> okay. Fuck, fuckity fuck. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is fucking wild. Like, this is real medicine we're providing. And all that we're doing is holding space for her body to heal itself. And we're getting yes. some of these ob- obstacles out of the way. So, 
yeah, I just wanted to illustrate that. Like that's one of many, many healing experiences I've had with women who, who otherwise have just been passed around in the medical system and they never really got the problem fixed. Like they didn't want to do psychotherapy. They didn't want to do, you know, the pharmaceutical antidepressant route. They just needed some love. They needed some compassion and somebody to hold space for that healing process. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? I wanted to stop by while I had your ear and share a very special announcement with you. You may have heard people say that we are facing an epidemic of loneliness in the world right now. We believe that this is only half of the story and that the real epidemic and the root of feeling loneliness is a lack of connection. Do you want to connect to more purpose and passion with the important work you are doing? Do you wish you had closer friendships with people who understand you, listen to you, and are truly present with you? Are you wishing you and your partner could move deeper into love together? The connection in all of these areas comes down to the one most important element of connection, the ability to connect with yourself. If you are ready to see change in your life, if you are ready to feel differently when you wake up in the morning, if you are ready to step into the life you envision for yourself, the first and only route to making these changes is settling in, quieting down, and being able to connect to yourself. Now, this can be a major challenge in today's world with media, culture, and other energies that pull us out of our ability to connect. When you've tried fitness, meditation, and other self-development practices, and still find yourself feeling alone and lacking connection, you may be feeling out of options and wondering if you'll ever be able to tap into your full potential that you know deep down is possible in your life. What we have found in working with our clients is that plant medicines, and cannabis in particular, can guide us in having the experience of what true connection looks and feels like. In this way, cannabis can act as a rite of passage for connection and a gateway toward the spouse, tribe, mission, and life you know you are ready for. Now the pitfall here is that many people become codependent on the medicines, such as cannabis, and expect the medicine to do the work for them. If this continues, what will happen is the user will find themselves reaching for more and more cannabis to feel connection without taking ownership of their role in the outcome of their experience, and thus they will fall into repeating the same painful patterns. As Zen Buddhism teaches, how you do anything is how you do everything. Therefore, if this painful pattern is showing up in your relationship with cannabis, it is likely a reflection of the same patterns you're experiencing in your friendships, romantic relationships, business, and your relationship with yourself. Learning to work with cannabis effectively will supercharge your experience and will help you get the result you are actually seeking, which is connection. We created a program to support seekers and high achievers like you in doing exactly this, to learn how to work with the healing power of cannabis to connect you back to yourself so you can unlock purpose, passion, and creativity in all areas of your life. What this program will give you is the long lost user manual for cannabis. This user manual will teach you how to connect with cannabis correctly so that the plant can act as your spiritual aid and ally in life, just as our ancestors understood and practiced. If you're ready to unlock the full power of cannabis, meet like-minded people on the same path as you, build more purpose into your life, and have the most fun doing homework you've ever had, this message is for you. To learn more and qualify for your spot in the program, hop over to our Instagram profile at highly.optimized and book a discovery call. The conscious cannabis revolution is here. Will you be joining us? 
Sending all of you love. Enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah. And I love that you brought all of it. It's such a beautiful example. And you know, what I was thinking about this whole time is that what that spray acted is right is simply the permission slip that allowed the mind to get out of the way, mm. AKA 3d reality and allowed that person to move into their body, which is where healing happens because that's where trauma is stored. Right. That's and right. It's this over over empowering of the mind in today's society, a very left brain society where people are like, where's the science? Where's the science? Well, lobotomies were great until they weren't right. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, we forget that science is ever evolving. And that's the purpose of the scientific method. But unfortunately, science doesn't change. Like quantitative science does not change when new scientific discoveries are made. Science changes one dead scientist at a time, because whoever Mm -hmm. that senior scientist is, is had his whole life's work based on a certain thing, like lobotomies are good, right? So those will continue to happen even though the lower level scientists that are younger and are doing new research because they're still excited and they don't have this ego included into it, you know, they're right. making discoveries and they're just hushed under the rug. Right. And so, you know, for anyone listening, ask yourself how many things right now are going to be completely phased out within one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years. And their only reason they're still there is because someone who's a senior level ranking scientist is still keeping them in check because that's his right. life, his or her life's work is attached to it. And, you know, one of the things that's so beautiful is that, like you said, the body heals itself, right? We are healing beings, right? We are healing machines. And a lot of times all we need is to downregulate, rest and digest quite figuratively and literally, and be able to get ourselves out of the way so that healing can commence as it was always meant to do. And You know, that's, Mm -hmm. I think, one of the biggest, you know, challenges, because again, in this left brain society, we need to understand how things work, right? Like, that's one of the biggest things that's been, you know, that's prevented me over the years is that I fell into the same type of system as imagine you did for a while, right, where we believed in people that the powers that be and all these things. And so, you know, I would try to solve the problem, any problem I have with the same level of thinking that created it, as Albert Einstein says, right. And, you know, when I started getting really into meditation and breath work, things that are considered woo woo, even though they've been around for 16,000 years. And if you follow the lineages, such as the modern mystery school, they haven't changed at all. What does that tell you? Right. Right. And so they've been successful for 8,000 years. Right. And, and even before that, right. Because that's just when Hermes picked it up. Right. So, you know, we're going back 16,000 years to the days of Atlantis and all of these things. And yet these things are thrown under the rug as woo woo when a pill that was created 10 years ago or a vaccine that was created seven months ago is now the best option and the most scientific option. And I think that's one of the biggest challenges we're facing right now is changing that paradigm and destigmatizing these things like meditation, like breath or like art therapy, right? These things are so powerful. And, you know, most people don't even agree that the chakra system exists. And it's ridiculous because now there's actual science coming out from heart math and all of these things showing the electromagnetic field created by the heart, showing that the heart communicates more with the brain than the brain communicates with the heart, showing that the lower, middle, and upper tendons work together to create this revitalized health system in our body based around the chakras. And it's just, it's so amazing, man. You're speaking the exact language that I love so much. Yeah. Like with what you just said, like, I don't have to ever have a podcast again. (laughs) 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 You've just, you've just made my life easier. So thank you. To, 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 to understand this, like for everybody out there, whether you're a woman or a man or whatever, just think about the last time you went to the doctor, there's very, very little questions that are asked. It's really like, how can I fit you into this box, right? So that I can provide you the magic serum, right? Which Mm. many cases nowadays is a completely synthetic pharmaceutical. So 
you know, to get into the, like the weeds a little bit with science, there's this sign that people put in their yards. Now I know you've seen it. It's like in our, in our household, we believe that all lives matter, blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, we believe in science. Well, like science is not a belief system, right? Like, like we're not talking about whether or not you actually believe in the practice of science. I think I know what somebody meant by that. Like in, in other words, like, you know, I think that initially the conversation around science, like this goes back a couple of years ago when Trump was up for reelection and, and whatever. And people were like, if you don't believe in fill in the blank, you must not believe in science, right? Well, this, the process of finding truth, the exploration of truth is by definition the practice of, of the scientific method. And it's not a belief system. So if we're not willing to question things that don't work, right? Like we are not getting healthier. The more control that we try to impose on the human body, whether it, you know, in birth is a great example. We used to just do C-sections as a means of desperation to save a baby. Well, nowadays we're doing 40 to 50% of all, all births in the United States are coming through the abdomen. And like that's that should sound dystopic. But when you actually look like upstream, what is leading to all of this? It's it's our efforts to try to control the body's innate ability to give birth. Like there are 8 billion people on the planet. There's probably been a hundred trillion over the however many years. And the body knows how to do this. Now, yes, there are times when we need to impose control, but you know, if you look at the farming system, you know, you apply a little bit of control, you maybe get a better yield. You then add that additional rodenticide, you get maybe better yield. You add the additional insecticide, you get maybe a slightly better yield. Then you start, you know, genetically engineering crops. And now we're in this like shitty space where we don't even know how to roll that back, right? We've become addicted to control. And the same goes for birth. Like, well, let's start inducing labor to make sure the baby doesn't get too big or whatever else. Um, oh, you know what? The labor is not going fast enough. You're not meeting the curve, the labor curve. So let's start adding medicines that speed it up. Oh, the waters haven't opened on their own. Hey, let's speed that up further. Let's break the bag. Oh, now you have an infection. Well, now fortunately we have C-sections, right? So you can see now where if we're so comfortable with doing C-section, like you said, like everything starts to look like a nail and I've got one tool and it's a hammer. So we just say, hey, listen, C-section so much easier. Baby's better out than in. Let's just do the surgery. Well, in a world, like in some parts of Brazil, 90% of babies are coming by C-section. In that world, is that really the world you want to live in? And if you're not allowed to question that, and this really applies to the pandemic, if you're not allowed to question some of these mechanisms of control, are you really being scientific? Are you just going along with the dogma that you've been taught? And in my life, I've been questioning, you know, doubting Thomas, right? Kindergarten. I didn't know why I couldn't play in the kitchen. And they thought it was <laughs> ridiculous for playing in the kitchen because that's for girls or whatever. I mean, like, so silly. But, you know, I was like, well, why? Why can't I play? Why, why, why? You know, that was probably annoying for my parents. It's still annoying for my wife. But within the <laughs> medical system, asking questions used to be the process of exploring truth. Like, if this isn't working great, is there something better? Like, hey, how about that 16,000-year-old healing modality, Ayurvedic medicine, or the 8,000-year-old Chinese medicine? Like, is there any possible benefit to glean from that. I'm sure the system's not perfect, but it sure beats something that's only giving 20% of the people benefit and creating 10 other downstream consequences that we now have to solve through a cosmic game of whack-a-mole. So, you know, can we do better? Of course we can do better, but we have to be able to ask questions. And if, for, if people out there have been feeling that the medical system just doesn't meet their needs, you're not alone. It's not that you don't have the right insurance. It's not that you're going to the right doctor or surgeon. It's that the medical system is very, very limited and people within the medical system are not allowed to ask questions. Otherwise, 
they just lose their job. And, and here I am. So I get to do things on my own now and uh, people are actually benefiting. <laughs> and I still use some of the pharmaceuticals. I still sometimes use that for bad infections or whatever, but that's, that's like the 20% versus the 80%. Now I've kind of flipped it on its head. So anyways, I could ramble on, but no, but, I uh, love whatever. all that, man. And I wrote some, I wrote some notes down, right. And you know, the first one is you know, what the pharmaceutical industries believe is outlaw the natural to monopolize the synthetic. A perfect example is before cannabis, right? Which is my whole realm of uh, yeah, you know, yeah. what I love to do. You know, before that was legal here, let's just think about this for a second, right? So Marinol was legal here back in, I think, right. 2001 or 2002. So essentially, what is that saying? That's saying we don't believe that the plant that was grown by the earth mm. is working or even safe, right? Let's talk about safety, right? As a core value of society yeah. that's happening right now and the challenges that come along with that, but we don't believe it's safe enough. So what we're going to do is we're going to outlaw that. But here's the thing, we're going to create synthetic THC and that that's perfectly safe for you. And that's one of the challenges I see in, in a world with a lot of censorship in a world full of, you know, the media trying to instill fear and all of these things, right. Which is a whole other wormhole we can go down. But you know what I tell people, right. Because I like to control out delete people because the last thing people need is more cars in the metaphorical traffic jam of their mind, right. We need to subtract <laughs> cars, right. How do traffic yeah. jams end? We subtract cars from them. Right. So what I always like to ask people is what results do you want in your life? And then who is getting those results? Because results do not lie, right? In a world full of censorship, you can't fake results, right? And on the very few times that I'll open Instagram and I'll see something from, let's just say, a certain political organization on either side, right? Because they're both doing it. I look at the people that are trying to tell us to be healthy and to get certain things. And I'm like, those people look like human skeletons. Why yeah. would I want to yeah. look like that, right? That is showing me those people don't understand what they're talking about, right? right? They might have a medical professional up there, right? Who in most cases also looks like a human skeleton, right? And and I'm realizing like, you know, that is the only way in the modern day world to empower the individual is just what results do you want? Do you want those right. results? Because if you listen to those people, you will get their results. And right. that's one of the right. biggest things. And, you know, I see two sides of the spectrum here, right? As the Tao Te Ching talks about the pendulum control surrender, right? There mm -hmm. are people like you and I who are surrendering to the things that we do not understand. And that's okay, right? We don't need to understand every single thing that goes on in the body. All we need to do is have faith that it works, right? And practice that faith with our daily rituals, our daily practices. And then we have the other side, right? And again, I won't mention any names, but for anyone listening, you know, you know. And so, <laughs> and so they're white knuckling life, right? And they're trying to control. And the way I choose to believe that this is happening is that they probably in some way are in a mental challenge where they believe this is the best thing for humanity, right? And that's like the distinction that I think a lot of people need to make with the pharmaceutical industry, right? Like we have our own challenges in the pharmaceutical industry, but I believe that both of us don't think that they're being evil on purpose, right? Like they're just misguided, right? They don't understand these things and they're stuck in the 3D reality, which is right. hell, right? Every religion talks about hell, purgatory, and heaven as if there's some place you go when you pass on, right? And you and you integrate into a soul, right? And you continue that evolution. But that's really, right. there are things you embody in this life, right? And that's the challenge with once again being in a left brain society where things are read literally not as metaphors, because when the Bible and these things were written in all these ancient texts, we were living in a much more right brain dominant society where people talked in images, they talked in metaphors, right? And so there's so many things here. And you know, really. The big thing I'm seeing is a lack of faith, right? Like you were talking mm -hmm. about, oh, let's do a C-section. Oh, let's do this. I mean, one of the biggest things, not to go on a crazy tangent about this, I know we could go down this rabbit hole, but 
how important are the vaginal fluids passing over that baby to be able to start mm. his microbiome, right? Like that is one of the biggest challenges and the reason why people are getting so many autoimmune disorders later on in life when they were born through cesarean exactly section, right? right? Yeah. And so, you know, that's just one of a million different complications that come when we have a lack of faith in the human body, right? I mean, we've been here for I mean, a couple hundred thousand years, right? And only in the last hundred have we started doing these practices that are now deemed essential, right? Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I'm a big language person, right? And I noticed the language that, you know, the powers that be and all these people use, you know, stay safe. This is essential. You're an essential worker, right? They're using language as a weapon, right? Like language constructs our reality. Abracadabra, mm. we're the, our word we create. What do you think prayer mm. is? What do you think all these things are, right? And so, you know, that's a that's a big thing. And, you know, really I see a massive, massive amount of perfectionism running amok, right? Like, oh, well, we need to do this. Oh, we need to do this. Like I imagine for someone listening, like if you don't know if you have perfectionism, ask yourself this, right? Sometimes do you get home from a long day at work only to clean your house and do all these things because everything needs to be perfect? And even at the end of it, you still don't feel like you've reached this state of perfectionism. It's a, it's a thirst trap, right? Like yeah. it's never going to give you the results you're looking for. And that's right. one of the biggest challenges. And, you know, you talked about farming, which again is my like bread and butter. I love this. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, when you, when you read books like the one straw revolution, which I highly recommend if you haven't read it and uh, one star, one, one straw, star yeah. One, one straw, straw revolution. It talks about down. this uh, farmer and I believe either Korea or Japan, I think it's Japan. And he talks about how basically he was farming with chemicals and whatever. And he got this download that like, you know what? Nature can run itself. Right. So he stopped using chemicals and the first year he got less yields. But after that, his yields matched or even exceeded any other competitor around him. Not only that, but he was spending no money. He was not, he was not tilling. He was not doing anything. He wasn't even de-weeding, right? Because when you learn about soil science, you realize that the microbiome of the soil, right? That's the right. fungus, the, the, the bacteria, all of these things, they'll balance each other out with the animals there and everything, right? And if you even put one little constituent on your land, that's even organic sometimes, right? Like essential oils. If you try to, you know, perfectionize what nature is, you'll kill off, say the spiders. And the next year you'll have leaf hoppers, right? To the right. extent that then you'll have to use something else because now the spiders are gone and all these beneficial insects. And so nature keeps itself in check, right? Like, you know, a lot of people talk about like, oh, are we going to kill the world? It's like, we're not going to kill the world, but whether or not we're here to enjoy the yeah. world, when we <laughs> yeah, figure that right. out is a whole other question. <laughs> and, you know, like you were talking about, you know, being able to question things. And this is what philosophy is meant on, right? Like philosophy right. was people getting together and having different views and going, oh, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. I might not believe it, but I can allow my mind to be open and stretched to it. And I think those are some of the things that, you know, we really, I'm yearning to bring back to, you know, society because, you know, there's such a gift, right? To be able to realize that you don't know anything. And the purpose of being alive is not to know, it's to just get curious and stay curious, stay in the mind of a child. That's why the Bible talks about to enter the kingdom of heaven. You must enter the mind of a child, right? In the heart of a child. I mean, it's yeah. the telltale signs are everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And you know, I think safety is a really, really good jump off point there because mm. the term safety, it implies that we have some way of controlling our environment, right? Like there are things out there that can kill you. For me, safety is only really relevant when it's like, if you're flying down the highway on a motorcycle, weaving in between lanes, it's, it's a safe measure to wear a helmet. I ride a Harley. I do not ever ride it without a helmet on. Because if I were to hit my head on pavement going 65 miles per hour on the highway, I'm going to die. And I don't want to not come home to my family. Exactly. But when we start to apply safety in medicine, what it means is 
let's get into that cycle, that addictive cycle of control, because if we can control this variable, then we anticipate that the organism is going to do better. And farming is the perfect allegory for that, like you just described. So as we try to impose more control and more control and more control in the name of safety, we actually don't realize that you are not just the sum of your parts. You are a, a conscious human being. And what is that doing to the more subtle bodies of the bot of, of your experience? You know, um, at end of life, we do the same thing, right? Like we still act in the name of safety. And it really kind of reflects all of this reflects our inability to our inability to face our mortality, right? So you know, in the pandemic period, like if you could have 50 years of living in an isolated way, never seeing people's faces, never kissing a stranger, never hugging your mom, right? If, if that is safe, then yeah, you can have 50 years of safety. I'm using air quotes on my end mm. versus what if you could have 25 years of living the most rich human experience, eating all of the foods, not washing your hands in the fields. You're just plopping those carrots in your mouth and you know, you're having sex all the time and you're, you're able to go out and get whatever you need from, you know, the local baker or whatever else. And everybody's hugging each other. And like, you're just doing the thing. Like that's how people like me live their lives. Same. So I would rather have five years of that than 50 years of just total isolation and not being able to connect with people like you and going to birthday parties for Paul check and celebrating and passing bags of, of nicotine around and like, and just feeling like, God, life is so rich. When we, when we put the filter of safety on, what we're saying is I'm willing to compromise quality over quantity. And uh, in other words, you could live 50 years versus five years of a really, really rich existence. And, and even at the end of life, this is reflected better than, better than anywhere else, really. We're so determined to stay alive that we will exhaust every possible mechanism of control available within the hospital system before we're willing to say, we tried everything and now we're going to let you pass away. It's like, death is not something to be feared. Death is actually an incredible privilege that we all have. You all get to end this stage and transition into another phase. Mm. And those of us who've kind of been there and seen behind the veil know that it's not as scary as we've all been, you know, as it's been made to, to sort of uh, made out like within the media and everything else. But you know, what is scary is being strapped to a ventilator on continuous dialysis with artificial blood pressure elevating medications until a family member has to make this incredibly challenging decision to pull those plugs. So the way that most people in the United States are dying is in hospitals. They're they're then embalmed with this incredibly toxic shit that then you know, your body, which we don't even want to see Aunt Sally as like a corpse. We want to see Aunt Sally as like that photo from 20 years ago on a cruise ship. Right? <laughs> so, so we beautify Aunt Sally. We then put her into a, a lead lined casket. And then we put that into a concrete tomb and bury it in a field with a bunch of other you know, embalmed in encased bodies. So what does that reflect? We are so afraid of our own mortality that we won't even let the worms get to us until the worms have figured out a way to get through the rotting walls of the of this lead line chamber, right? Which is why you can go and dig up tombs and like the bodies are pretty well preserved there, you know? Mm. So, it, you know, what we see in farming in your world, what we see in medicine is a fear of us reconciling our own mortality. And really what the translation of that is that we are determined to not admit that we are biological organisms that are actually a part of nature and not 
the enemy of nature or vice versa. Yes, dude, I love that. And I agree with all of that so wholeheartedly. And this is an amazing conversation. And, you know, really it's like, what is the unconscious belief behind keeping safe, right? It's that if we're safe enough, we'll live on forever, right? We'll, we'll, we won't die, put it that way, right? To put it in a negation term, right? If we're safe enough, we will not die. And so that's one of the biggest challenges I see is that really, where is that coming from? Well, a lack of faith in the infinite spirit within us, right? A lack of spirituality, right? Too much living in the mind, too much not mm. understanding, right? Why do you think plant medicines are here, right? So that when someone is challenged around something like death or someone's curious about what happens after, I mean, we're all scientists in our own right, right? But the fun type of science, right? The kind that's not <laughs> quantitative in nature, but qualitative, right? What is the right. feelings I want to embody? And, you know, I think that's one of the biggest challenges, or rather, I know it's one of the biggest challenges with regards to this core value of quote unquote safety. Right. Is that, you know, at what cost does this safety become prioritized? Right. And you said it and eloquated it perfectly, which is, you know, it's not the quantity of your life. It's the quality of your life. And mm -hmm. this not realizing that we're infinite, like you mentioned perfectly, you know, as you, you know, for those that have seen behind the veil, like it's pure ecstasy when you mm -hmm. go on. Right. And this mm -hmm. is why, you know, religion you know, it's got bastardized and everything and spirituality, I'll call it spirituality because religion, I feel is the, the bastardized version of it, where people sure. stopped having the direct experience and started writing it down. And then people started reading it as if that was the purpose. Right. And it's like, mm. go out there and live it. Right. Yeah. Like, like as Joe, Gar as Joe dirt says, you know, life's a garden, go dig it. Right. Don't read about <laughs> digging it, go fucking dig it. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, Joe it's like, dirt. That's awesome. yes. <laughs> there's a lot of spiritual references in Joe dirt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and you know, it's like, so that's one of the biggest challenges I see. And, you know, you were mentioning so so, so perfectly and so poetically that death is graduation. And in the older cultures you look at, they celebrate someone's passing on and transitioning out of this realm, right? Because they understand and they have faith and knowing that this is just another step in an infinite step of possibilities, right? right, right and, you right. know, if you follow the modern mystery school lineages, when our physical body transitions, we then, our soul continues living up to the fourth dimension. And then we spend time evolving from the fourth to seventh dimension until we rise above that and we become what's called Elohim, which is a God. And then guess what our mission is? We mm. get to create our universe and start the experiment for ourselves, right? Have people start embodying spirit guides and slowly getting denser and denser. And then wow. they come down and they get their physical body and they're gifted a soul to bridge them between the physical realm and the infinite spirit realm. And then they get to have this experience and you get to watch it as the father of this whole entire collective. And it's beautiful, right? And, you know, these are the things that, you know, if people understood these things, you know, life would be so much more magical and it would be so much more gifted and, and appreciated, right? Because they would understand that, you know, yes, be here now as Ram Das says, right? Like this isn't all there is, but still enjoy it as if it's the only moment there ever is going to be because it is the only moment right here and now, right? Having this beautiful right. conversation with you is the only moment that truly exists, right? The past has already happened. The future is yet to happen, right? We can live in the now. And if we can go from there, then we can have the faith that everything's okay. We can be That's on right. vacation vibration, as I call it, right? Where vacation becomes a celebration because you're not escaping from your quote unquote experience of life. You're celebrating your experience of life. And, you know, when you do what you love and you, and you love people wholeheartedly and you come from compassion and gratitude and all of these things, life constructs itself around you in the most beautiful orchestra. And that is what manifestation is. That's what all this stuff is like, 
like when you project what you want and your words, right, which is your magical power as a God in human form, when your words line up with what you want rather than what mm. you don't want, right? And we could get into a whole rabbit hole about the English language and how everything is like, you know, good morning. Well, it's like, when do we mourn at a funeral, <laughs> right? Weekend. It's a weekend of the week. I know, you know, Laurel and, you know, Laurel's yeah, so yeah, perfect yeah. at doing this. And it's I'm amazing. so excited. Yeah. yeah, I'm so excited to get around because language is like my bread and butter. And so when we get these things in alignment and we take time to prioritize, like, you know, I have three or four hours every morning that's sacred to me, right? Where I don't put any work in and I'm just out there breathing. I'm connecting with nature. I'm meditating. I'm doing my rituals. I'm putting essential oils on and I'm really beaming and, and hugging my soul, hugging my rainbow body as the Buddhists call it. And I'm allowing that to come online so mm. that I can remember that I am God in human form and that everything's okay right? Like, you know, live each day as it's your last, knowing that you'll probably wake up tomorrow, but also live it as if it's your last. Wow. <laughs> that was like medicine to my ears, my friend. Thank you. I have nothing to add to that. You are an exceptional human being. <laughs> Dude, you know, as Paul Sheck says, if you spot it, you got it, man. You know, like when I met you, like, you know, I remember right off the bat, like, at Paul's 60th birthday party where it was so beautiful. We met, it was just so amazing. And of course, you know, Jared and you know, all these amazing people. And you know, you're at Runga with all these incredible people like Scott. I mean, what a unit Scott is. I've had yeah. the opportunity to have him on the podcast. You know, when you start creating a vibration in your body, that's resonating at the level we're talking about, everything just comes to you. You don't need to work for anything. Right. And this is like, I'm, I don't know if you've read the surrender experiment, but Michael Singer and you no, know, I have it on my list. It's amazing, man. That book changed my life. And for anyone listening, if there's, you know, you're going to get a lot of tips from this episode that you could take, but if there's one tip that I can stress, it's, you know, go read about someone who's done exactly what Nathan and I are talking about surrendering to the flow of life and seeing what's possible. Right. I mean, you want to talk about money. Money comes as a side effect when you're living in this way, right? That's right. It's, yeah. You know, and and that's like the thing is that people are yearning, and I was one of these people, right? I'm putting myself right in that same category, right? And so to be relatable, right? I I mean, we've both gone through these iterations, right? Which is why we can speak to them because we have been through these. And what a beautiful gift to be able to go from one side to the other. And when you do what you love, you know, the right people find you. These amazing podcasts have, I mean, it's just life is magic. And when you allow yourself to get yourself out of the way, that magic can come online and you can be mm. in awe all the time, just like a child. And then you yeah. enter heaven while you're on earth. Can you move to Kentucky? Can we just hang out every day? <laughs> yes, man. <laughs> we'll, grow, we'll grow some psychoactive me you know, uh, uh, medications, so to speak, yes. in the backyard. And uh, I think the lack, the, the lack of awareness, it's, it's not even awareness. Like we act like, we act like we have to be fixed in some way, you know, like you, everybody out there, you have all of this right inside of you. It's coursing through you. And the more that you try to fit into these boxes that the red or the blue or the whoever, the media, whatever has like packaged up for you, when you try to fit into that box, it naturally makes you unhappy. But if you're, if you wake up in the morning, you blow a bag of ceremonial tobacco with some medicinal herbs, you whip out a canvas, you just splatter some bright hot or purple pink on a white canvas, and you have your like cup of coffee or cacao, and you just groove to some East Forest for an hour. Like, oh, yeah. I do that. I do that a lot of mornings, and I can't tell you how happy it makes me. And it's not making me money. It's not doing what I'm told. It's not even checking any boxes for what people expect from me as a human. Like, I am a man, I'm a dad, I'm a husband. I am a son. I'm all these things. But in that moment, I'm just being, I'm being. 
And there is some serious magic that happens if we can do that instead of worried, worrying about the checklist of I have to do, they said, I have to do the eat this and I have to do this and this and this like, yes, that's important. But you have all of this power right in your heart, right? I mean, coursing through from top to bottom, your conscious human being, you have all of these tools available to you right now. So when you stop listening to this podcast, just put on some music as loud as you can and gyrate your hips, open up your chest and like, just like be happy. Like it, it, yes. I know it sounds so crazy, but like you have all of this juice coursing through you, put it to use. Yes. It's not best used in your Excel spreadsheets. Those things are all really helpful. What's really important is for you to realize that you have everything you need right here. You don't need a doctor. You don't need a priest. You don't need a politician to tell you how life can be lived to its finest. You have it all right here. You just have to close your eyes and feel it and like, let it come out. (laughs) Oh, wow. That was beautiful, man. And talk about medicine for my soul, you know, and, you know, real quick, I'll say like that whole statement, I am right. Like I is the human, it's the form, right. And the am is the formless, right. And it's the perfect unity between masculine and feminine energy. And, you know, we won't go down a rabbit hole uh, about, you know, what men are told to do and what women are told to do, like you mentioned before, but, you know, what you were perfectly illustrating there with your morning rituals is the perfect, you know, unity between masculine energy from that tobacco and being able to dance and paint and be in complete flow with the feminine, right? And then what you're able to do, you know, we'll talk about, you know, being a man here and masculine energy that fills you up right? So your cup Mm. is full and then you can go out into the world and crush all the stuff you want to do, you know, fulfill your purpose and then be able to come home to your wife and be able to have pure presence and hold space and not feel the need to fix her, right? Because nothing is broken, right? If she has a challenge she's going through, you can listen to her and you can hold her, right? Because you're a true man, right? And, Mm. you know, on the feminine side, like, you know, it's the same thing. Charge yourself up with these things that allow you to feel your divine feminine energy. So then you can go out and you can invoke your masculine energy and you can crush your mission and you can do these things. That's why masculine and feminine energy dances so well again. It doesn't mean it doesn't matter if you're heterosexual, homosexual, right. anything, right? These energies are within all of us. And that is the special sauce of life along many others. Golf clap. Yes. <laughs> you deserve a much louder clap, but I don't want to pull out your, uh, your earbuds. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dr. Nathan, man, this has been absolutely incredible, man. And I want to give you an ample opportunity to tell people where they can find you, any offers you have coming up, anything you want people to know about, tell the people where they can find you, man. Yeah. Belovedholistics.com is kind of the central hub. I've got the holistic OBGYN, um, And uh, I've got a vision for opening up a birth and death retreat center and all of the lifestyle coaching, all of the cannabis and biodynamics and everything else all in one property. So I'm, that's kind of like the longer form vision, but if you want to work with me, you can, you can set up a consultation on uh, right through the website Um, for listeners of your show. I'll give 50 bucks off. That's uh, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, normally like $350. Um, But uh, most people who work with me, you know, they want to work with for multiple hours. So Mm -hmm. I have packages available. Um, I can do 10% off of that, whatever, you know, we'll, we'll figure out something to put in your show notes, but um, yeah, it's, it's really been an amazing journey. I'm still kind of figuring it out how to make this work, but uh, the holistic OBG Joanne is where I'm, I'm bringing more voices. Um, and I want to have you on my show as well, but uh, I'd be honored. Yeah. It'd be so much fun. I'm trying to bring voices who, who are really thoughtful about this space into, you know, about this stuff into the space. And so you can find me there. It's on all, on all the podcast platforms. Um, if you're a health coach out there, I also do collaborative work. Um, you can find that on the website as well, 
basically I'll be your back pocket OBGYN. And if you have any women's health issues that come up in your coaching of, of, of women, I'm just a text or an email away if you're in my collaborator program. So, and then on Instagram, it's Nathan Riley, OBGYN, Ryan Sprague, you have put together an amazing project in the highly optimized podcast. And I'm so grateful to know you and to be able to share with, with your audience. Likewise, brother, you know, it's nice to meet you in this lifetime because this episode and our meetings are evidence that we've known each other in many previous lifetimes. And so I'm so excited to see how we can outdo the past lifetimes and create magic on earth for everyone else to be able to bestow upon themselves and take part in. And that is what lights my soul up. I mean, my rainbow body right now is 211 as Spinal Tap says. (laughs) (laughs) And I got one last question for you, my man. And that is this. Yes, sir. If someone listening could only make one change to highly optimize their life, What would Dr. Nathan Riley suggest that change be? Before you do anything, anything at all, make sure that it's coming from a place of love and compassion Mm. for yourself, for others, for the guy down the street that has, you know, some political sign in his yard that you don't like, make sure everything you do is coming from a place of love and compassion. Otherwise the world really doesn't need it. Kill him with kindness, right? And we're going to change out kill with live him with kindness, right? <laughs> live <him> with kindness. <laughs> I love that, man. And guys, when I first met Nathan at Paul Check's 60th birthday party, his electric soul, passion for life, and excitement to connect with others was immediately apparent to me. For me, I am a huge lover of those I meet that act as powerful battery chargers for the world around them. And Dr. Nathan is a prime example of how powerful we can all be for one another when we do what we love We ooze passion and purpose out of every pore in our bodies, and we lead our lives heart-centered. As discussed within this show, Dr. Nathan is an expert in the OBGYN field, and if anyone listening to this show knows someone who would benefit from working with him, or they themselves would benefit from his vast sea of knowledge around alternative practices within this field, then please do yourself a favor in reaching out to him to begin your journey back to the health you deserve today. Dr. Nathan is committed to empowering each person he works with with the information necessary to not only heal, but learn to heal themselves. And you can trust in someone that has had time to share space with him in 4D when I tell you that Nathan's knowledge and health is only exceeded by his genuine passion for life as a whole, which is infectious and healing on a massive scale, aside from the wonderful work he offers and heals his clients with. Nathan, thank you so much for being a bright light and for doing the work you do in the world. And until next time, my brother, journey well, be well. Much love over to you. Namaste. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today 
by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders with a Z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out, and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, .com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever.